Welcome to Pod Me If You Can. I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And today's film is Mission Impossible 4, Ghost Protocol. The fourth film, obviously, in the franchise, uh, starring Tom Cruise. And this one is directed by Brad Bird, whose uh, previous films include The Incredibles, making his first ever live-action film. Uh, We will be discussing this film having just seen it, so be aware that we will have many spoilers. We're going to talk at length about it. And uh, you might want to watch the film if you haven't seen it before the podcast. Um, I did want to mention that in IMAX, and uh, also apparently in regular cinemas, we should have seen a Batman The Dark Knight Rises trailer. And we didn't, Lloyd. <laughs> we didn't see one. And I can only blame Hoyts for this. <laughs> but in IMAX, they showed six minutes of The Dark Knight, or The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah with well, yeah. Um, big featured footage with Bane the fir- uh, for Dark Knight Returns it was the bank scene didn't they, they Dark showed- Knight just Dark Knight I it think. was the Dark Knight yeah 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 they showed yeah. the opening the bank scene with yeah. Heath Ledger's oh, Joker oh that would have been great <laughs> yeah and I imagine it's something similar but since yeah. we didn't see it yeah what can we do <laughs> uh, but there is now a second teaser trailer online so uh, you know feel free to check that out I guess um, I'm probably not going to I'd like to go in as fresh as I can mm. to see the Dark yeah, Knight same. Um, I did however when I was looking up whether or not it was supposed to be on um, all uh, the versions of Mission Impossible, yep. like not just IMAX, yeah. I looked it up and um, I found everyone was complaining about Bane's voice. Wow. Apparently okay. people are saying you can't understand him. Oh, so no. I it could watched... be just like uh, Batman. <laughs> well, people had their problems with the Heath Ledger Joker, but look, everything's been dismissed once you've seen the film. Yeah. So, um... Obviously, I haven't watched any of the footage. I haven't heard Bane's voice, yeah. so I can't comment. Sure, but that's that's the commentary that's, that's what out saying. there. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, Lloyd, we went for your birthday to see Mission Impossible. Thank you very 4. much for that, Dave. Oh, no problems, mate. <laughs> You'll take me to see something in July. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, what did you think of the film? Uh, I, I came in wanting to like this. Um, I, I feel Mission Impossible is like a a James Bond, but I guess more fun I guess without the tradition they can sort of break the barriers they got like that team element going but I hated it (laughs) it was too much it was just too big Um, there was so many action set pieces just so many by midway I was just going why are they breaking into this vault why do they need these codes like I just got completely lost like I understood at the beginning they were after some nuclear missile weapon you know typical Mission Impossible thing yeah yeah nuclear weapons it just kept going left and going right then going left who is this guy it it, like I I like the um I don't want to say it's older movies but they should just have one or two maybe big massive set pieces and build your way up to that and that way you don't get so bombarded with so many action scenes so many action scenes but midway I think when he was jumping into that computer I, I didn't care I, I re- and it was a great stunt where was, Jeremy Renner's kind of hovering yeah yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was a great stunt uh, and everything like that and it was super amazing choreography great action sequence but because I'd seen this great scene where they're in the desert running in the storm clouds or when Tom Cruise was climbing the yep. that massive world's tallest building world's tallest building in Dubai um, I was I was just like wow you know and then after that I just didn't care like it just the movie just shot everything it had and then it kept going and I had a big chase sequence in this amazing car park that that uh, the ending yeah yeah the ending but I, I just didn't care I was like all right yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to like it I yeah. really wanted to like this yeah. film. <laughs> um 
I, I'd seen previously all of the films. Have you seen all of them? Or I have seen. Yep. yep. I've seen all of them. Um, I found the first one was a nice kind of nod to the franchise. Yeah, you know, into and the it old stuff. Felt more spy like. Yeah. Um, you know, with the, yeah. just the simple um, chewing gum as a bomb, he just has to co- combine that together, and that was a yep. cool little crushes tool. it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Simple. That was, that was simple. Yeah. Yeah. It got pretty complicated in yeah. this one. <laughs> um, I did want to say in the first one, they're using a lot of the uh, masks, the fake masks yeah. they're peeling off. In this one, you get one instance that I can remember of, of it happening, and it didn't seem to make any sense, like the reason that... Why the guy was using it. Yeah. <laughs> the, the main villain who uh, tries to, you know, uh, steal the nuke and all that sort of stuff, he wears a mask that is his second in charge like his major henchman's face yeah which didn't make any sense to me like, either send your henchman or just yeah. go by yourself <laughs> there was no reason for it and it felt like they just needed to have someone wearing the mask at some point so that's what happened um what do you think of Tom Cruise did you I, hate the film because you no I'm Tom not Cruise? one of those guys that hate Tom Cruise I, I don't mind Tom Cruise I know he's a weird guy he's got a lot of things going outside of the movie business but I think he's a great action star like I loved Collateral I loved The Last Samurai Born on the Fourth of July he's a very very good actor I like um Minority Report Minority Report he I was think great he does a really great job in that. Uh, and he moves well like when he holds a gun and he's moving in the room I, I, li- I like the way except for he's running <laughs> <laughs> has to run in every film yeah he has he? to run in every film but, but I, I like did, I like Tom Cruise yeah I just want to say he did run really, really funny weird. in this film like, sort of <laughs> I think weird. it was in Collateral as well where he's yeah. running and that. that was a bit weird yeah but I, I'm not one of those guys that go oh it's got Tom Cruise I'll dismiss the film uh, no way I think he's very good uh, you can't discredit his acting but I think I think he's pretty solid you know mm. Did you think like this was very much kind of a formula of the yeah. other films, though? I think Cause... you said it before when we were talking about um, other films uh, like the Spider-Man and Batman. It's just by the numbers, and this is the most by the numbers film. Like the director took no risks. Was yep. like, "What's the script? I'll just do whatever you say." Yeah. <laughs> and then there's always one token girl character. Yeah, you know. Well, I think all of it. Like this is the way it feel, feels like to me. They got a British guy there. He's like R two D two there for the comedy relief. Yep. They got a really beautiful girl, which they can get pull from anywhere. Um, and then they got the action star. Um, they change it up a little bit because they have a, a secondary action star. But it goes action scenes, action scenes, cut to British guy for funny <laughs> line, action scene, action scene, get in the hot chick, have a, have the hot chick fight, action scene, cut to British dude for funny line, the end. You know, it's just like, and they all make a joke at the end, and the robot makes a joke at the end, and everyone laughs. Yeah. And it was that scene at the end where they make a joke. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I thought uh, this film was oh i don't know where would you rate it i'm I'm sort of thinking that i really liked three which was directed by jj yeah you know what i I always said um three was good but because i'm struggling to remember it it's become forgettable okay like you know what i mean like it's just like wow you did a great job but who cares Mm. Uh, it just felt like one of those and i think jj abrams is very talented uh you know <laughs> but I think 2 wasn't great no like, 2 was terrible <laughs> with, with, with all of the doves um, John Woo was yeah, it yeah John Woo and he's also, a very good action director <laughs> sure uh, the action was directed well yeah to his credit um, but at the end there like him and Maggie Q or somebody whoever the girl was in that one um, the uh, the writer of Chinatown wrote that film. <laughs> was it was it Thandie Newton? Whoever it was, yeah. In the second one, um, it showed the two of them like kiss in front of the um, what do you call it, Sydney um, Opera House? Yep. And uh, like everything looked so cheesy and <laughs> fake, and it was terrible. <laughs> yeah. So 
Although this one was kind of cheesy in part, I think probably it wasn't like the worst film in the franchise. No, it would probably go one as the best, three, four, and then two, I guess. I yeah. think I'm pretty similar, but, yeah, yeah. but I like uh, three the best. You like three the best? Yeah. Okay, yeah, sure. My, my issue with three, though, is that the bad guy was Philip Seymour Hoffman, mm. and he is older than Tom Cruise and slower than Tom Cruise, and yet he pulls off some stuff just like the bad guy in this one, where you're just like, really? I know, yeah. Shouldn't he use, like, he's older, just use his intelligence and, you know, I don't know, devise some master machine that does it for him. <laughs> yeah. I did want to also say there was heaps of exposition in this film. Yeah. And it felt like more than in any other and did you just get? Film. Did you just at a point just stop caring? Like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you think about Ocean's Eleven, right? Yeah. Um, the new one, not the uh, original. Okay. Uh, you know, yep. the remake, oh, Ocean's Eleven, yep. Remake sure, with yep. Brad Pitt and yep. um, George Clooney. Um, they talk about the various difficulties they're going to have with the job, right? Yeah. And then they go about showing us how they overcame things, but they don't give us all the information as the viewer, right? In this, they went, we'll do this, and then we'll do this, and then we'll do this. And you're like, all right, cool. (laughs) And then they go about showing you how they do it. And there's slight variations because things go wrong and nothing's perfect and stuff, but they didn't need to ever tell us every detail. Mm. They just needed to say, we have to get into the Kremlin, and then cut to them trying to get in the Kremlin, not saying... We need to do this, and we need to do that. Yeah, yeah, It was just heavy. Oh, just way too much. (laughs) It it made the film feel really long. I think you said when we came out of it, that felt like four hours. Yeah, it did. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think that was because of the exposition? Yeah, no, definitely. It just kept going on and on and on. Um, And there was just too much needless detail. (laughs) And things were just so conveniently unconvenient you know what I mean inconvenient um, nothing really went right n- nothing really went right it's just like you know it was a simple hack in the computer all of a sudden he's climbing um, the tallest building just to get into the computer oh come on dude you can write a better reason for that <laughs> yeah I mean it seems like well they get ghost protocol basically means that they get cut off from the agency and they're like their own independent unit and they're acting alone sure it seems like they could still call in a favour from like a friend or there'd be someone else I mean he's still buddies with like Ving Rhames for example yeah. you know there's other people who were still in yeah 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 it seems like they could sort of work something out but let's talk about the Dubai the the world's tallest tower I think yep. it's 2700 feet wow yeah and that was a great scene I was really excited um, and that scene you know when he's climbing it up and then that magnetic glove the glue glove sort of like slips and falls like I was like whoa you know that, that was great yeah. uh, that was a really cool action the reason was terrible <laughs> like oh come on <laughs> just have it from the get go oh you gotta climb the building to hack in don't have they're in there and they gotta go oh wow I didn't know they had this extra security now we gotta hack yeah. into that building oh the only way in you can't go through the elevators yeah. you have to go through the window yeah you're just like oh I don't care you were gonna do it anyway <laughs> It's called the uh, Burj Khalifa oh, Tower, okay. yep. and it's the tallest building in the world, 2,717 feet. Jeez. And I um, watched something on uh, Entertainment Tonight, of all sources, <laughs> and uh, Tom Cruise climbed to the top, like, independently. He went to the top, and he autographed the top of the building. So if you ever were at the top of the building, you could see Tom he Cruise. He climbed the top? Yeah, he uh, basically went to the roof and then kind of... Uh, went up with you know and climbed up a little further and a little further till he was at the top and then he autographed the oh, side no of the building oh no way okay cool yeah um, he is apparently an adrenaline junkie oh okay and he's really into like you know doing all this action stuff for real doing his own stunts learning how to do it there was um, here in Australia we've got one HD the channel um, 
there was a filler that they played for five minutes and it was him going around a track in a Formula One car. Oh, right. And uh, then, because he hadn't had enough adrenaline, he got in a helicopter and he did like a loop-de-loop. They did like a, like a somersault kind of thing. From um, a, how, how can in a helicopter. helicopter. Yeah, yeah, you can do it. And okay. the right. the pilot was up there with him and let him like take the stick and like Tom Cruise was really into it and stuff and and yeah. <laughs> He's really into it. He's pretty out there, man. <laughs> well it was him running down the side of the building and it was him hanging out there. Really? Yeah. Oh jeez, okay. Anything with modern day of CGI, I wouldn't risk it. No, it'd be really easy to get a Tom Cruise lookalike. Yeah, yeah, it? and he's but, worth like a hundred million to the... <laughs> but also this is one of the first films that it's a Tom Cruise film, as in uh, he produced it. Okay, yeah. And Paula Wagner is usually his producing partner. She wasn't in the uh, opening titles. Okay, sure. It was all Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah so yeah. it was all Tom Cruise. So I guess he's calling the shots, so he's saying, yeah, I'll do it. You know. Has this movie been a success at all? Like, I believe so. Wow, Although, okay, yeah. um, the other day, they had the premiere in New York. Um, they had the world premiere in India, um, but the world, but the premiere in New York they had literally like yesterday when we were recording this, and um, that makes me think Australia might have it before America. Okay, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know why that would be, but um, you know, works for us. Uh, could we talk about that British guy? The Sean Simon the Pegg? Simon Pegg. I, I, th- I know he's a guy considered with a lot of talent. To me, his films are hit and miss. You either fall in love with a sense of humour or you don't. I like Shaun of the Dead. I hated Hot Fires, and I'm not going to bother seeing Paul. Is it Paul, Paul the Alien? The alien yeah. one, yeah. Um, and now he's in a lot of American movies. Star Trek as well. Star Trek as well. But... I don't know if it's just me. A lot of people go to see the movies because he's in it. So he's got like a cult following. Yep. I feel like he's R2-D2. He's there for the paycheck <laughs> and he's just a comedy relief. Like he's... I don't think he's a good actor at all. He's. I, I don't think he's good at all. I think he's literally there, squeeze out a British line, make the American audience laugh, yep. cut back to the action. And it felt like... I, am I the only one seeing this? <laughs> well... I don't mind Simon Pegg, but I do see the whole Shaun of the Dead cult following. Yeah, yeah. But he's just there for a joke. He's They could get any guy to play that role he plays. He wasn't the third one. He he was, but it was a much smaller role. Yeah, it was a much smaller role. So Um, he sort of almost... He he was in Star Trek, and he was just there for the comedy role. You know, he wasn't great as Scotty. He was just there because he was a British guy that can be funny, and they can earn some money from the British audience. But don't you think this film is all about international appeal? Yeah. They want British people to watch it. He's in it. They um, had... He's the Indian guy when they went to to India. He's like a prominent... Bollywood actor who's done like 150 films or something. Yeah, we'll jam in, him in there and they'll get... Yeah, no, yeah, that's fair. Then you fair. get the Indian yeah. people watching. Um, the, it takes place somewhat in the Kremlin. You've got kind of... You know, yeah, and they jump around all over the... Yeah, so, oh, let's see our capital continent. city in this film, you know. Yeah. Although, uh, they did have a terrorist act in the Kremlin and <laughs> the bad guys are Russians, so <laughs> they're not trying to get everyone to watch the film. Do you feel like Russians being the bad guy has been sort of done to death? Yeah, yeah. The, the new villain, I guess since True Lies, has been sort of the terrorism. The, uh, I don't want to say Arabian terrorism, but the terrorism idea... Oh, well, really post-September 11th even, um, terrorism has been like the biggest uh, main enemy. But yeah, definitely during uh, the Cold War era... And then you had the rise of James Bond. Yeah, the template was set. The Russians are usually like the villains in the Cold War. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. It's been done to death. <laughs> they um they had two Russian bad guys. They had the primary villain, which um 
his code name was Cobalt. Yep. And he was Kurt Hendricks, a Swedish-born Russian nuclear strategist. <laughs> and he believed the weak must die for the strong to survive. Yeah. Which seemed like a crazy motive. Yeah. For a bad guy. It, it was a poorly really, written bad guy. It yeah. seemed really cartoony. Yeah. You know, and it was never really clear why he wanted, like, because he was going to launch a nuclear weapon so that America launched a nuclear weapon back. And so they nuked Judgment each other Day. to death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Russia yeah. versus America. And it's never really clear why he wants that to happen, you know? He just sort of decides that the weak must die so the strong could survive. I, I always you know? find the villains more attractive than the heroes, but yeah. this was given no thought. It was just no. quickly, let's just find a reason for a villain, get some Russian crazy guy... Who wants a nuclear missile? <laughs> they, they had like um, <clears throat> they had a tiny piece of footage from when he was speaking to Parliament or yeah, something, yeah, and that was supposed to explain everyone his of logic, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was something about um, I've had to consider the apocalypse and what would happen if everyone would die and stuff, and you know. But he seemed really durable and physically surprisingly strong, <laughs> In, insanely durable. Oh my gosh, because um. He has this big chase sequence during a desert storm with this guy. You don't find out later till he, you know, grabs his face and you see it's a mask. And you find out it's the old Russian guy that's actually running away from Tom Cruise. The reason that Tom Cruise is chasing him is because he's got a device on him and he can't get from uh, more than, uh, what is it, like five miles? So yeah. Within a five mile radius, so you can't let him get away or they lose him. And yeah, it's basically a great uh, an excuse for this great big action scene to a uh, chase sequence to take place. But if you th- once you once it's unveiled that he's actually the old guy underneath it, you think, how did he survive that car crash? How yeah. was he running? How was he running faster than Tom Cruise? <laughs> like obviously faster than Tom Cruise. And he was running for quite a bit. <laughs> you know what else? Tom Cruise has goggles in his pocket, which come in handy, and he can see in the dust storm. You know what I mean? Yeah. The how was guy, the other guy? The other guy had nothing. Oh, I think he had glasses. Normal still, glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, you know, it wasn't goggles. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, goggles. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. The worst part about that scene for me was when um, Tom Cruise gets in a car and he drives the car faster and faster with the intent to ram the car into the bad guy's car um, into the Russian uh, Swedish-born Russian nuclear strategist we'll call him uh, Cobalt yeah, to yeah. save time um, he's going to drive the car into Col- Cobalt's head on. head on and the other guy can't see it coming because he's in a dust storm Tom Cruise knows it's going to happen he rolls out of the car the other guy would have no idea that this thing is heading at him at 80 he kilometers an hour. He would have died. <laughs> he should have died by all rights. Yeah, yeah. Now the car hits him, it flips, and there's this, it shows that moment in the trailer. And the car flips and almost crushes Tom Cruise. a good Cruise. action scene. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Bam, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, then he sort of crawls over, because Tom Cruise has rolled out of a car at this point. You know, he's not on his feet. Yeah, yeah. Sort of hobbles over, and he um, opens the car door, and there's no one in there. yeah. And then he's the other guy's hobbling away, like he was able to not only survive the survive the surprising out of nowhere attack attack yeah yeah from an unmanned car gets out runs <laughs> yep without showing any physical damage sure. I guess gets on a truck yep turns around with a smug calm look not not breathing heavy no, no marks of um, no pain no, no blood yeah yeah no pain no blood no yeah yeah. And then he takes off the mask to reveal he's actually Cobalt underneath, and you're like, that is so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was terrible. So his motives were terrible. Oh, yeah. You, you couldn't you couldn't really 
sympathise with him at all. Yeah, so, and he has one follower. <laughs> yeah, and and the problem is is that if you don't sympathise with him at all, everybody in the film, I guess, is going to go for Tom Cruise. Then. Yeah. So maybe it's on purpose. They're like, let's make such. But an at the same time, you don't have a credible villain. No, it's just so kills the film. Yeah, kills the film. You just don't care anymore. Two things about that um, as well. The uh, first one is there was one terrible line of dialogue. <laughs> Right, that he one? says. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. It was the worst one. Are you sure? Among others. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, um, spoilers, he sets the nuke off so the nuke launches. And then he says to his one follower, Let there be peace on Earth, which made no sense to me. <laughs> because he was trying to start a war. It just didn't make any sense. He's thinking really long term, uh, yeah. there'll be peace After on Earth. After the destruction, yeah, okay. And lines like that aren't worth saying if nobody can hear it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. If he was some kind of cyber terrorist and he was putting up a blog or a video diary or something and he was showing everything he was doing, saying a line like that would be recorded for everybody. And he was alone with his um, second, yep. who was Russian as well, yep. yet they were speaking English. Oh, that was the worst part. <laughs> It's it's a terrible flaw of the film. Oh, it's when they were it breaks like, the illusion. <laughs> well, I'm thinking American audiences might not even have thought of it. Sure, you know, they're sitting there watching this film. It's always you... dangerous to have subtitles in a film. It kills your chances of international success. That's what I heard anyway. Yeah, I guess. But the illusion breaks. You know, like oh man, I thought it would have been braver. Again, spoilers to um, have the nuke hit. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And well, obviously it'd be better to have a credible villain, but if you'd had the nuke hit and wipe out San Francisco, which, by the way, it's not really clear why San Francisco is a target, because that's where he launches the, the nuke. And I had to do a little digging to find out, just to quickly sidetrack, why it was fired at San Francisco. Yeah. And it actually, um, the missile flies over and heads towards the Emeryville area, which is the location of Pixar's headquarters. So, like, Brad Bird worked with Pixar for The Incredibles and stuff, so he was doing a little quiet nod to oh, Pixar. Okay. That's where the missile's heading, <laughs> right at the Pixar studios or whatever. So, that's why it was San Francisco, which was never explained, and I guess it shouldn't have been if that was the reason. But if they'd had the nuke hit halfway through the film, it would be a, a revenge film, and you would be going for Tom Cruise way more. A million people die, you know, four million people, whatever they say. Yeah. Um, I don't know the population of San Francisco. They probably Francisco. should have had some damage on the state since they hurt the Kremlin, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like whether or not this guy would have retaliated on behalf of Russia, Russia might have retaliated anyway. Mm. Especially because there's this, like, Interpol agent or something, I don't know who he is, but he's, like, on the tail of Tom Cruise the whole time. Surely he'd be reporting to somebody what he was doing and seeing, and he'd say there was an American who was the ringleader, then they would kind of retaliate. Yeah, yeah. You know? But there was none of that. There's a Ben Affleck film called The Sum of All Fears. I haven't seen that. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yep. And in that one, they have... And spoilers for anybody who wants to see The Sum of All Fears with Ben Affleck, yep. if you haven't already. There's um, a nuclear weapon, and it's hidden in a vending machine that they put in, like, a sports stadium, and then that goes off. And so the nuclear weapon, you know, kills millions and, and whatever. And then it's a completely different film. It's suddenly really real and in a post kind of 2000... Um, sorry, September 11, 2001, kind of in that kind of world, sure, yeah. you get this real reality to it. If halfway through this film, a nuclear weapon had gone off, and then Tom Cruise and his team were told by somebody still in the agency, 
get revenge for us or something that would be a really good film yeah you'd be all of america would be cheering you know yeah, yeah. obviously the people who were in san francisco or wherever the, the new kid <laughs> oh. Oh, oh the new kid us you know yeah but i feel like that would have been a really brave choice you know and whereas what we got was by the numbers <laughs> yeah we got a, a terrible like a uh, series of um when tom cruise is trying to stop the nuke right it gets launched and then they go we can still stop it yeah oh and, it goes on oh it does <laughs> they're three minutes away or something from the destination and they had this pitiful excuse to get their beautiful hot chick they got hired to seduce one of the main guys You're just like all right wh- whatever <laughs> you know she has to get the numbers or something to crack the code and then that still fails i think oh she no 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 it does it does work no, yeah they it, pull yeah. out all the electrical wiring and sure stuff. yeah yeah and and still that they fix that within three minutes they turn the power and, back and then on there's the building. this big massive again getting back to the villain cobalt yep. um there's a big fight scene between tom cruise and him in, in a that, parking garage yeah, yeah. an amazing cu- parking garage one where the the cars go up and down on conveyor belts yeah so they sort of get rotated really, around I, I believe that's real and it's it just, is yeah. yeah yeah it's a cool cool place to set an action scene yep but it just went on and on and the guy seemed invincible like he could take a huge amount of damage and tom cruise i'm guessing is this highly trained yep um agent that never takes him out as i was going after the case <laughs> terrible choreography <laughs> and, the, and the other guy the the villain is supposed to be a nuclear strategist yeah. so he's like a politician almost yeah. kind of but yet he, he takes so much damage gets his arm yeah. broken yeah and then at the end or towards <laughs> the end of this fight what he does is um seems to kind of want to commit suicide which ensures that the nuke will go off but then tom cruise gets in a car and drives it um off the edge of the the parking garage it falls nose first <laughs> the airbag goes off so he survives yeah and he gets out still in time to stop it and it says mission accomplished <laughs> loudly as he sort of stops the, the and the device. Russians come in and it's all happy they all make a joke <laughs> and, and the Russian who seemingly committed suicide his eyes are still moving so it's almost as if he's paralysed and he's watching it kind of thing and it's just horrible oh jeez at least later on Tom Cruise was joking with Ving Rhames and saying you actually said mission accomplished you know they kind of <laughs> at least nodded at that yeah how ridiculous some of the lines <laughs> yeah it did really bug me that they were speaking English to each other, those two Russians. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was just so terrible. <laughs> um, so they needed the bomb, mm. which he stole from the Kremlin. Yeah. They needed the codes, which really elaborate. That was all the stuff in Dubai and the tallest tower, how they had to get the codes. Oh, off the, the codes. Assassin. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they had yeah, to. That use should the have satellite. been the ending. It all, all source, all worlds should have collided at that point, and it's a big, you know, set piece in the world's tallest building, and that would have been great. I would have had lots of fun. Would have been better. Yeah, it would have been better. And instead, they have to extend it, which seemed like for another eighty minutes. You know, on and on. I just didn't. After that, I didn't care what happened. Yeah. You know, when he got away in the truck, I just didn't care. Well, the the thing about the the world's tallest building in Dubai is that they made such a fuss of it in all the press and everything like that and it is over pretty quickly and everything that happens there is almost all in the trailer were you excited at that scene? Um, well I was wondering how they were going to handle it and it did seem really well done like um, how he's climbing up the wall with the gloves yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, and they seemed like a really interesting I thought it was a great stunt I thought cool you know and then the cloud is coming in the storm cloud yeah and it's way in the distance kind of foreshadowing what's happening next and he has to hurry (laughs) yeah I mean I don't think this film sucks or anything I just want to say um, I think it was terrible because I wanted more 
but it's very much the kind of 16 year old boy popcorn film well it's interesting we saw that with a lot of 14 to 16 year olds and yep. I thought they would be right into it but I felt they got really restless and a lot of scenes they were just talking to each other and I was like wow this film is too long for them in this age of iPods and stuff you know where they can't wait to check on Facebook they just wanted to get out of there, you know? it's funny because people um, in front of us on the right were actually on Facebook they really oh I didn't think so on and off yeah yeah yeah, yeah. just kept sort of tuning in and out and then one of them was trying to take a picture um, with the girl was leaning forward as if she could be in front of the screen and they were trying to take a picture as if Tom Cruise was in a photo with her or something. <laughs> I don't know. Short attention span, as you say. Yeah. When they were trying to get those codes, remember how they um, he was wearing, Jeremy Renner was wearing that eyepiece and he was blinking yeah. to yep. make copies of them? Now, for me, I'm not sure why they would have one dude travelling with the codes on paper why they wouldn't be on a flash drive, why they wouldn't be, you know, more technologically advanced than on paper, which it seems like would it, you could photocopy. You yeah, know? that's right. Just that sort of stuff. That really felt like a big fault to me. Yeah, no, With all definitely. the fancy gadgets that they have in this film, that it's all on paper. Oh, but we've got to make a copy of it. Oh, jeez. And I mean, why wasn't, like, anybody travelling with him? No security, you know? Like, he's obviously going to get them taken from him and uh, at the beginning they take the briefcase off of him mm. and then some other guys are after him as well so like they all knew who was travelling alone yeah that's right oh. you know um, the, another funny thing I noticed was um, all of the computers and all the fancy gadgets they use which we'll talk about yeah um, he had a iMac kind of thing they all had iPhones they had uh, an iPad at one point um, the computer that they actually hack into was a Dell computer, so it was like, uh, you know, a bit of a throw at like, you know, how much Dell sucks. I yeah, guess, that's first, right. Yeah, first Mac. Um, what did you think of all the gadgets? Uh, yeah, I liked. I like it when gadgets are simple, like the example of Mission Impossible One with the chewing gum. I liked the briefcase in James Bond. Um, I think it was from Russia with Love. How it was just a simple pocket knife, you know, and and things like that. And this one was sort of. I want to say like it sort of had simple gadgets, like an iPhone can do so much so that you know that in itself is a huge swiss army knife sort of thing in the field and then an ipad but yeah some of it just got so ridiculous (laughs) they had one point where that ipad was generating a vision an image on a screen yeah and that felt like a lot to kind of yeah just like okay yeah clever because it hasn't been done before yeah not saying it wasn't but it just felt like Maybe we weren't at that technology yet. And, <laughs> and it could exist. Like, prove me wrong. You could show me something. Oh, okay, that's simple. <laughs> but it, it seems very unlikely that that would work. Yeah. In this scenario, that that would make no noise and you know, that dripping would work and, uh, you know, a lot of questions. One for me that was crazy was when um, they got the BMW. He says, like, wait till you see the car. And it's this very Batmobile kind of low-riding car. Yeah, yeah. And the thing that was crazy was that on the screen they had like a GPS where Tom Cruise in a very kind of Minority Report style slides the image over from the driver's seat to the passenger seat and then the girl is in the passenger seat and he says, find me another route. Yeah. Flings it over there. The window then, becomes a GPS Yeah, touch like a touch screen. screen. Yeah, yeah. Which I suppose could exist. Yeah, it probably could exist. Probably does exist, you know? <laughs> but also, I mean, as they were driving up and nearly colliding with people, the car was like reading those as obstacles. So yeah. So it's doing like a silhouette of the people in front and stuff. As well, they're in India and I found it really difficult that they could get through the streets quickly. There mm. was one bit where they ran into a big crowd 
but there probably could have been a lot more. Oh, was, yeah. If it was being realistic. Yeah, oh, definitely. You go, yeah, good luck getting through that traffic. <laughs> and it's really unrealistic that, remember they uh, went and met up with the guy who sold them all the guns and stuff, you know, he yep. sort of goes and meets his buddy um, who he broke out of prison with, Bogdan or whatever, and that guy, for information, gives them all the gadgets they need as well as, like, a BMW, like, that fancy car. It was flimsy written, wasn't he? <laughs> really, really ridiculous. And he gave them a jet. Like, yeah. they had a jet as well, the private jets. <laughs> jet, weapons, and a car. Like, yeah, yeah. And for what? Like, you know, it just didn't work at for all. A for a bit me. of information. And then he just... Oh, yeah, because his reason was, I'm selling you the future. Yeah. Um. Okay, yeah. I still... I still don't don't think it will no. really works for me. <laughs> Um, what did you think of the prison sequence? Because I thought that was... No, that was cool. That, that was, was really, really strong. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good opening. Yeah. Um, then the opening titles right afterwards just took away because it shows I'm sure you... normally films don't have opening titles anymore. They yeah. just literally go right into it and then the title, you know, of the movie then right in. They don't actually have the credit sequence yeah. anymore. Yeah. It was, um, just for those of you who haven't seen it and don't care and aren't going to see it, it was um, a series of images of what we were going to see in the film. So it's like a coming up, you'll see this shot and this shot. With and the this fuse shot. lighting through it, yeah, yeah. I sort of wondered if um, that was from the TV show or something. Oh, okay, yeah. I haven't seen the TV show, but I wondered if it was kind of a little nod to that. Mm. No, I thought the prison sequence was really strong and um, like really believable. It was really good. And the scene following that where that guy, um, I guess the boyfriend of the hot chick <laughs> let's talk about that yeah um, he, he, that was cool I, I like that yeah for those of you who have seen Lost the uh, character was played by Josh Holloway who played Sawyer Sawyer in Lost. my gosh that's, that's where he's from yeah <laughs> yeah now I'm a big Lost fan so sure. I was like oh cool Sawyer I didn't, <laughs> didn't realise he was in it yeah um, although he was in, a, in the trailer actually now that I think about it I probably did know that yeah um, he spoilers does pretty much right away he has about four minutes of screen time where he does a couple of cool things with gadgets yeah that was a cool action yeah yeah yeah, exactly a couple of things really quick a couple of wow moments um and then dies pretty much right away which kind of sets up for why they need tom cruise and and everything like that um what i thought about as soon as he was gone was maybe he's not dead he was (laughs) as it turns out um i really hoped he wasn't because i thought he didn't really add anything to the film and it seemed a really funny it seemed like a too cool a character to kill off right yeah. at the beginning uh, yeah. yeah like you could have had a spin off about him or something yeah. um, but then I remembered J.J. Abrams from Lost was um, the producer like executive producer of this film he directed okay. the third one he produced this one so it was probably a favour being called in I will get Josh Holloway you know that'll help sell some tickets and people want to see him in another role the other thing about that is he was offered the role of Gambit in Wolverine yep. um, with Hugh Jackman and he turned it down. And now that that's not a huge role. Like, if you watch the film, he comes in towards the end, the Gambit character, and he's sort of in it for the last 30 minutes. Um, like, it's a kind of cool character to play and stuff. You know, he could have been a mutant. I was just thinking, if he didn't take Gambit, why would he take this? You know, this doesn't add anything to his resume. Yeah. This is clearly a favour to me. Like, Yeah, no, I completely agree. And... It's disappointing. Um, like, his career could have went the other way, I guess, with uh, Gambit. But, yeah, his time's running out for him, isn't he? He hasn't had a big starring role. you think he'd be one of these guys that would... Well, all the people... Would, yeah. All the cast from Lost sort of immediately got other projects. Sure. You know, Evangeline Lilly was in Real Steel. Yep. She was Kate in Lost. 
Um, the guy who played Charlie, uh, Dominic Moynihan, has been in a couple of TV shows now since and stuff. Um, you know, they were sort of hot property. Uh, the guy who played Hurley has been, uh, he appeared in How I Met Your Mother. He was, uh, he's in a new J.J. Abrams show about uh, Alcatraz, yep. like um, the prison in San sure. Francisco. So, like, they're all sort of hot property. They're all recognizable. It was, you know, a big show yeah, and stuff. Sure. He just hasn't really done anything since. Yeah. You know? So, oh, Mission Impossible 4. <laughs> yeah, it seemed a weird choice. Yeah. Just back on the prison. Yep. Why don't real criminals copy this? You know, this prison escape. Kind of hack into the system. Yeah. Unlock the doors. You know, certain doors. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It seems like, I mean, you get a lot of people escaping. Yeah. But then I thought, in reality, what the prison guards didn't do was gas them. Oh, right, so knock them all out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. Like, they're behind uh, some cage. You know, they can't get in, but they could throw a gas bottle in there. Yeah, yeah, nerve gas. Oh, not nerve gas, but yeah, yeah, paralyze Anything. them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just yeah. sort of isolate them and... Yeah. Yeah, didn't yeah. happen. No, it didn't happen at all. <laughs> I kept uh, I kept sort of shrugging and just deciding to go with it, you know, with this film, which... Yeah, no, th- that's what I guess you have to do with these big action films. You really just have to suspend disbel... Um, the impossible and just go with it you know I guess that's a whole reason for the title of the film but it just got so ridiculous <laughs> I'm glad that uh, they resist a love story with the, the sure. good looking girl and yeah. Tom Cruise they yeah. did have them kiss but that was seemingly part of the story yeah that's know? right yeah no I, I like that element where it's just about the team going through it doesn't waste time yeah I, I like that and the whole time you uh, are under the assumption that Tom Cruise is, uh, was in prison at the beginning because of his wife and he, he killed his wife's killers and that she loses the Sawyer, Josh Holloway character at the yep. beginning of the film and so they both have a shared, you know, revenge. It's interesting because like, I didn't care much for what happened to Tom Cruise and his wife and that backstory was sort of brought up in that scene with the... What's the second agent? The sec- Jeremy Renner. Jeremy, yeah, when he His was being Brent. Up, Brent, yeah, what he was he was bringing up with what he did and the reason for like I just didn't care. I was just like, but by that point, I was just like, wow, that's just too much. You're putting way too yeah. much on the plate it, now. It yeah. plays on the fact that you've really enjoyed the third one, and you might have watched the third one right before because there's a big emotional tie in the third one with Michelle Moynihan who plays his wife yep. and Tom Cruise's character, and so basically you have the two of them and you think oh wow they're, they're really meant to be and then yeah. without her in this film you're like where is she and if you've just seen the third one or if you're watching them in order you kind of got that emotional connection and, and you do want to know I think yeah yeah I as well didn't care <laughs> um, and I I've, I hadn't seen it recently the third one yeah but I still I was going oh you know tough but don't care yeah that's right because I think that's more of a case you were just bombarded with so much at the beginning like so many twists and turns and exposition and exposition you become exhausted and you just reach a point well enough's enough Um, well something that you might not be aware of is the Jeremy Renner character Brandt was specifically created to replace Tom Cruise when Tom Cruise has had enough of the franchise the character was created yep oh okay so Jeremy Renner could take on the Mission Impossible series once Tom Cruise has had enough if they kill Tom Cruise or they have him like disappear I don't think that actor could carry the charisma that, you don't think so? no not at all but I think maybe the character could but not the actor they'll but have to get somebody else but don't you no they would still be Jeremy Renner but don't you think they would put Simon Pegg and some attractive girl and a couple of other new looking yeah, guys yeah I can't see it being a success really? no okay. yeah yeah no not at all I think Tom Cruise is Mission Impossible when he leaves the franchise will die I think they could do another one 
but I'm not sure it would be as successful. No, yeah, yeah. I just feel like it would have to be a pretty good story. And maybe that's where they will take the risk and make the nuclear weapon explode. Well, have a script. Oh, well, <laughs> that might help. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just looked it up. The Bollywood star who was in the Indian sequences and the Mumbai sequences, uh, he's been in 112 films, Jeez. including Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah, he was the His name is Anil host. Kapoor. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was the host Yeah, yeah. in um, Slumdog Millionaire. So you, you can feel his presence as well. Like, this is like... You know, when he was on screen for those brief moments, you really felt like, oh, this is obviously a guy who's renowned in some, you know, other form of cinema sort of thing. I just want to um, touch on one more time. Yep. The guy who's second in charge, the villain, his second right hand man, oh, yep. the henchman. Yeah, yep. uh, his name's like uh, Whiskers or something, yep. Whis- Wistrom something. Um, he had no motivation whatsoever no he was just a robot yeah <laughs> if a guy says to you I'm gonna steal a nuclear weapon some codes and get a satellite dish and um, start a nuclear war why would you say I'll help you like he needed to have a backstory as if his family were all killed or something because if you think about it why is he helping like, yeah he's just like dude you, uh... <laughs> it, it might have been better if he was a robot yeah yeah he pulls know? off his mask and yeah. there's a Terminator skeleton so you're like oh that makes a lot more sense yeah yeah exactly exactly um what do you think of the Ving Rhames cameo that was cool yeah. that was a good nod to the first one, first one? yeah the I first think it was one yeah. the second one maybe yeah it might, might have been the second no that was cool like, was in the, the helicopter team was sort of coming back together so. no I, I like that I like that I'm not sure it was in the third one but it was nice yeah was to it? have him back there. I mean I, I can't recall if he was in the third one what about um Brad Bird the director um, what'd you think of like this is his first live action film a success or not or I think well J.J. Abrams first feature film was, was Mission, Mission Impossible 3, 3. yeah okay so, what did you do before that Lost series Lost. did he direct Lost or just uh, he directed episodes of okay, Lost sure, he di- yeah. directed the first I believe sure um, and a handful sort of in there but he stepped away from it to do features and stuff and after Mission Impossible he did Star Trek like he directed Star wow, Trek wow okay yeah, yeah so this could be a good launching pad for Brad uh, yeah, pretty much. Sure. I'm thinking he did a pretty good job, and the film is going to make money. It seems ridiculous that it wouldn't. I felt like an, any director could have directed this. <laughs> any, you, Probably. You get, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone by the in. numbers. Yeah, by the numbers. You're just yeah. like, all right, uh, get, get my second unit to direct the action scene. <laughs> I guess it is a better story, though, if it's somebody who's... Like The Incredibles, I think it won the Oscar for it, it was Best pretty Animated good, Film. The Incredibles, yeah, 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 yeah. It was very good. So he's kind of an and Oscar winning Simpsons, director. he's he? Yes, yeah, he was one of yeah. the co-creators of The Simpsons. Um, at the end of the film, let's touch on the ending here. Hmm. They're in Seattle, right? And at the time I'm thinking, what are they doing in Seattle? You know, Oh, jeez, uh, I thought they were in Asia somewhere. No, no, there's... <laughs> oh, no. There's a... <laughs> there's a sign um, to spoil it even more. Um, Tom Cruise's wife isn't dead, yeah. which is nice because Michelle Moynihan's a nice character and stuff. She gets off uh, a ferry or something and she goes over into like the Seattle Symphony Orchestra or something, and she, um, you know, she's alive and well and she's you know a nurse or something, so it looks like she's wearing scrubs or something. Mm-hmm. And um, I felt like I was sitting there going, "Why are they in Seattle? What's Ving Rhames doing? What's the point of this?" You know, until. They get to that moment, which was a nice reveal, I think, when he says, when Jeremy Renner finally reveals he was responsible for his wife's death, and he goes, what makes you think she's dead? It's a big, oh, right, yeah, moment, because yeah. there is no clue leading up to that yeah. that says that she's still alive. You, yeah. know, you are fooled as the audience. I think they played that off pretty well. And then when you see her, 
uh, they kind of share a nice moment. What did you think? Uh, at that point, there was so many twists and turns, and I sort of thought saw it coming. Like it, there was no way they were just going to have that. You know, um, Tom Cruise has lost his wife and he's all beat up and torn. He knew something was happening. I, I felt like that was obvious. Um, and when it came at the end, I was just like, oh, yeah. you know, I just didn't care. <laughs> yeah, I did think the Ving Rames bit was a bit pointless. Yeah. Like, um, just to kind of have him appear, add some credibility to yeah. the film. Uh, I felt like that was just like, a, I'll take my paycheck and then I'll be disappearing. <laughs> Until that moment, though, I didn't think Michelle Moynihan would be in it. Oh, be- right. Okay. Because, yeah. you know, when Ving Rhames appeared, I was like, oh, everybody's going to have a cameo. Kind of, you know, you could sort of. But you did you care when, when you saw the wife? Like, at that point, like, even if I was wrong and he, she was dead the whole time, I, I wouldn't have cared. Uh, at that point, I just didn't care what was happening at the end. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe if she really had been dead, it would have explained would his have, actions yeah. a little bit better. Yeah. Like, if he just, like, goes, oh, so it was you, and then just doesn't say anything and he walks off, that would have been much better. <laughs> I think um, her appearing at the end was wasted. It was too brief. And I would have liked if... Um, he had been standing there with a mobile phone and he'd called the payphone right near her and she'd looked around and then picked it up and then he'd said something meaningful from the third film. If we're going to touch on the emotional connection, do it all the way, you know. Mm. They could have had a quick little word and he could have said something about loving her and you could have felt like there was a love story in the film even if you didn't see any of it, you Mm. know what I mean? And just having them kind of nod and smile, then she's like, oh, gotta go, you know, immediately. Yeah. I was like, oh, well... That was nothing. You know, why have it at all? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just yeah. felt like it was incomplete. Yeah. You know? Um, I, as I said, I do think it's for, like, diehard Tom Cruise fans and 16-year-old boys. Yeah. You know, uh, who want to see some things explode and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Want to see cool stunts. Go ahead, yeah. Most of it is in the trailer, really. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's a nice franchise. You know, the first one was good. I like the third it's, it's one. It's like James Bond. Very similar to Bond, yeah. But we have Bond, so why yeah. do we need this? Yeah, that's right. You know, and Bond, they do it so much more realistically now with Daniel Craig, and the gadgets seem more, you know, realistic, and yeah. and he gets hurt rather than the Tom Cruise who. Right at the end, there's a line where he goes, "Do you want us to take you to hospital?" And he kind of nods, and it's more humorous than serious like he's not really hurt yeah Tom Cruise actually slams his head a lot and yeah. doesn't have any marks on his yep. face but he does get punished but there's no wear and tear on him no uh, that would no have been much yeah. yeah 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 he hit his head more times than I thought he would yeah like and he slams his head when he's uh, on the building yeah on the building he should have had a big red mark on his head <laughs> yeah for a while yeah yeah he, yeah he's very durable as yeah. well <laughs> Uh, final thoughts and he gets blown up <laughs> with the Kremlin um, he does actually yeah. final thoughts uh, yeah as Dave said if you're like yeah young guys if you want to go see it watch explosions watch a beautiful some beautiful girls go around in a dress yeah sure like go check this film it's out it's a popcorn film yeah it's a popcorn film but um, for those of you who have seen Mission Impossible 1 and had enough with 2 don't bother with this <laughs> yeah Pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) I think we've covered it. So uh, that'll be it for Pod Me If You Can for this week. Uh, Later in the week, early next week, we will release one podcast about Steven Spielberg's new film, War Horse. Comes out on Boxing Day, but Lloyd and I were lucky enough to see an advanced screening of the film. So keep an eye out for that one. As always, you can become a fan on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and suggest films for us to watch. And uh, Lloyd, what is that website? 
the website. You can go on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, facebook.com, pod me if you can, and just leave a comment, subscribe, and recommend movies. Yeah, facebook.com slash pod me if you can. Just search pod me if you can on any kind of medium. You'll probably find us. Yep. All right, well, that's it. Um, we'll talk to you next week. All the best, guys. Mm-hmm.